Yeah, your sound is good, Alex. Welcome to the show. <laughs> so, um, we are literally recording like 12 hours before this releases, and Alex is on vacation, so excuse us if there's some audio mishaps for this one, but we're trying to get this out. How's it going, Alex? Hey, how's it going, buddy? Yeah on vacation here so it's it's like uh, half past midnight here so recording it a tad bit late uh really messed up our schedule here but uh, vacation's called so trying to do my best and we will adjust as things go alex went on vacation and he still was like hey i want to get this episode and hey want... that is dedication you cannot buy my friends just grinding, my man. Just grinding. Just grinding. Just exactly, man. Just grinding. So let's start off with some of the news because we're we're, we're going to be late on this, but that's okay. Dalvin Cook signed with the Jets. Zeke signed with the Patriots. I think I want to talk about Zeke first. Um, so, what do you think Zeke signing with the Patriots a does to their offense, and b has any implications on Ramondre Stevenson? Like, if you were hesitant on Ramondre before, you're this isn't going to change. But if you were bullish on Ramondre, would this change for you, Zeke signing there? I mean, uh, I think it's pretty obvious that they would always get a running back. They have basically no one with actual NFL experience behind Ramondre before they get they got Zeke. Uh, so I always thought a running back was was likely to them. I, we talked about Zeke to the to the Patriots in previous episodes. That was my my idea where where he would land. I mean, I think it hurts from Andre somewhat. Uh, I think uh, not directly to his passing work because it's not that Zeke will get. Uh, more more receive uh, more receptions than Ramondre, but it's that Zeke will 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 slot in more in the pass protection role, which will take those third down away, uh, those third down snaps away from Ramondre. Another thing, it's also the the goal line work, which I don't believe Ramondre got a whole lot last year. Uh, Damian Harris mm-hmm. always seemed like the the type of of back that would get those, like he's scheduled to get between him and Latavius right now in in Buffalo. So yeah, I think it it dings him somewhat. If you were bullish on Ramondre and you and you drafted him high, I mean, I feel for you, uh, but it shouldn't impact him a whole lot. It's just that he likely won't have that top five running back ceiling that I heard a lot of folks talk about. That he would get like the lion's share of everything. I think it dings him somewhat, and his ceiling is much closer to a oh. to a low end running back one, high end running back two, in my opinion. How so- about you? Um, I'm going to say something controversial here. I never thought Ramondre Stevenson had RB1 potential. I was never... He is being drafted as it. He is being drafted as it, but I never... I I guess I never viewed Ramondre in that light. Like, I understand from a fantasy perspective, because this is the fantasy show, you want running backs who are going to get receiving work and goal line touches. That's what you want. You want receptions and you want touchdowns. That's that's how you went as running back. And Ramondre did get some of those. Granted, Damian did take a lot of the t- touchdown touches, the goal line touches last season. But 
there's just something, and maybe this is PTSD from the Patriots running back system while Tom Brady was there, but there's just something about Patriots back and RB1 I can't get, I can't wrap my head around. I mean, and it's it's also that I think people saw um, some of his splits from last year as a whole and didn't take into account that Damian Harris did miss a few of the games where, where Ramondre left, uh, where Ramondre went off. So I think they were more bullish than they should have been. Like those week 13 to 16 really changed a lot of, of people's mind uh, with Ramondre. Uh, I mean, I thought he had a chance of being in the top six running back mix if there was absolutely no one coming in. But I also always thought they would they would get a veteran running back. And Zeke, how, uh, although I don't think he has a whole lot of juice left, he's one of the better pass protection pass protection backs in the in the league. So yeah, I definitely think he will steal a lot of work that will will make Romandre not a top five running back upside guy, but more of a running back too that you. I mean, it's still valuable, of course. Uh, but I never, I never thought say. he could be the RB one. Like I thought, if they had to, if this is how like much PTSD I have for this, I believed, truly believed, if they had to get like a corpse and put him out there to steal touches from Ramondre, they would do that. I think Pierre Strong would have got touches if this signing never happened. There's no way. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way I there is no scenario I would have seen where we enter week 1 talking about Re- Ramondre Stevenson being the clear running back in this backfield as a bell cow and there's no no. They would be giving touches to those other guys. I think the signing is more of an indication that they don't believe as much in Pierre Strong and the people behind him but I never viewed Ramondre as this this secret league winner. No, and that's a anyone, hot take, but no. And I mean, it's the Patri- the Patriots backfield. Would anyone even be surprised if like Kevin Aries or Pierre Strong is the starting running back in week like five or six? No, <laughs> it's no, it's no, like no. it's a Bill Belichick thing. So yeah, I definitely think it dings them somewhat. Uh, and if you were drafting him in well, like round two, round three, I think he, it went sideways for you there. Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't be drafting him right now at those slots. Uh, I don't think he has the, the upside right now that you're looking for in those slots. So You want to yeah, win in fantasy football here. While Bill Belichick is still alive, do not draft a Patriots running back with a top three pick. There and you I, go. I don't think, and I also don't think it necessarily makes Zika thing for this year. I think that the work you will get is uh, it will be valuable, but it won't be consistent enough to where you'll be a fantasy option regularly. So I also don't. I think it's a murky signing as well for Zeke because if you were like a Zeke owner in Dynasty, you're probably hoping that he he held on through Those the free agency. Exist. Yeah, and maybe you were just hoping for a team that signed them after week one, after a big injury, and this is definitely not one of those one of those scenarios. Uh, I definitely think it will it will require an injury to Ramon, uh, Ramondre for Zeke to be to be a viable fantasy option. So yeah, don't really think it's it helps any of those guys. In 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 real life football, I think it definitely helps them keeps them fresh. But for fantasy, I don't think it's a win for anyone. It's a lose-lose, in my opinion. I agree. Speaking of lose-lose, Dalvin Cook to the Jets. 
I think that was the bad signing for Dalvin Cook. I think the move was to Miami. The backfield was, like, wide open. Who are you competing with? You're competing with Jeff Wilson? Like, the I there's no way Miami came close. I don't believe Miami came close, and that's why he signed with the Jets. Because yeah. there's no way with Brees Hall there that you thought, yeah, I'm I'm going to be the the dude here. I'm going to get as many touches as it. No, it's not happening, Chief. Yeah, I also, I mean, we talked about it before. I thought his his desired landing spot was the, the Dolphins. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think he got a pretty strong deal. It's a one-year uh, $8 million guaranteed base salary from what I from what I read and it's up yeah, it's to 8.6 mil so I mean for one year I think that's that's a running back stream right now and I don't believe Miami came anything close to that uh, it does impact Bruce Hall though, what do you think? This is this is just the way I am I, every day, well not every day since that news came out I have contacted every Bruce Hall owner that I can get my... I am still buying. I do not care. I but do not care. But are you buying in, in redraft or dynasty? Both. 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 I don't care. I think by the end of this season, Brees Hall gets sixty, at least 60% of the snap shares compared to Dalvin Cook. I think Brees Hall is going to lap Dalvin Cook at this point. I'm honestly a bit scared, to be honest. Uh, I'm because not... if you if you if you go back to the draft, for example, there were heavy rumors that with the, their first round pick, uh, the Jets were actually looking at Jameer Gibbs. So it shows me that they maybe are not completely sort on Brees Hall for some reason. And I mean, we see. You mean you still there with me? Oh, is not that great, but I mean. They still got him in the second round, so maybe there's something wrong that that we as fans. Oh, stop! with did I cut off? Yeah, you cut off. I'll just cut that part out, or I'll keep it. In. I don't know. I got like twelve hours to do it, so in eight of those, I need to sleep. So we might just keep that in. Okay. Regardless, so why were you concerned yeah. with Breesaw? <laughs> I mean, I, I was, I'm still concerned because as as I said. They were looking heavily to Jameer Gibbs. That was reported uh, a whole lot. Uh, that they were looking at him with the first round pick before the Lions snagged them. Uh, I mean, with all the reports, they were talking with Seek. They were talking with Dalvin Cook. I mean, it shows me that maybe it's just one of those things with... Now that you got your, your star quarterback and he's... I mean, he doesn't have long in the in the NFL, I would believe, in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's maybe just one of those situations where you push all of your ships into the table. I don't know, man. It, it really seems like Brees Hall isn't like that well-loved uh, in New York. Maybe they just don't want to get him all of these touches. Maybe it's just this one-year thing where he is clearly not 100% yet, and they don't want to rush him back in. So I, I actually think uh, Dalvin, will be, Dalvin and Brees will be a 1A, 1B situation, and I think it will be 1A for Cook, to start the season and a 1B to end the season Yes, until Hall is back uh, at 100%. But yeah, I, I'm definitely not buying for, for redraft. I don't think any of those players will be uh, will have that running back one ceiling. Um, and for Dynasty, I mean, I don't know if they aren't really that sold on, on Brees. 
Uh, now you're looking at this here too. Next year, uh, when it's fully healthy, it will be year three. Then it's contract year. So it's one of those tricky situations that you have to navigate it as a fantasy owner. I'm not entirely sure if I'm buying because I still think some of the owners will will have a high price on him, and I don't think it's it will what's, it will entirely pay off. What's your price? Because honestly, the so, deal I've been floating to everyone to start negotiations is Brees Hall for a first. I think if you can get Brees Hall for a first, you you won. You won, bro. I mean, a random first? Sure. Wherever I'm at. If I'm rebuilding, I'll offer it. If I, Huh? Top five? I'll offer it. Hmm. And have you gotten any bites yet? Because right now, like on Keep Trades Cut, he's still like running back four. So, I mean, at those prices, it's definitely hard to acquire. I agree. We are looking at like an early, no, an early first. I have not, or... and that's why I'm more confident that Brees is ending the season as the top running back in this. I think, I think Dalvin Cook by the end of the season is getting lapped. I'm telling you. I mean, I think you will get less touches in Brees Hall, assuming Brees heals up nicely. But I still don't think it's anything more than a 55-45 to either guy. I think they want to keep both guy fresh for a potential playoff run. So yeah, and if Brees Hall doesn't produce like those those high level of 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 production that you're expecting of a running back of his caliber, do we think that this dynasty value holds on with another year on this on his legs? Does it hold does his dynasty value hold on? No. Am I buying him? Absolutely. No. Uh, so you're you're just not worried about like buying him at a certain price and then having a dip in the in set price? You're thinking he can it can bounce back and yeah. at least get you, if get I can you the get value. A singular first, which I haven't been able to, by the way. If I can get a singular first for Brees Hall, I'm I'm smashing except. But and I can't right now. What's your absolute best offer though? What do you mean? My absolute best offer? A first and a second. Yeah. I'm not sure if you'll get him though. I mean No, I haven't gotten him. Assuming you're re- assuming you're rebuilding. Uh, like a top five first. I could see some managers taking those. But here's the thing. I'm if sure if I'm rebuilding, those, but... I already have Brees on their roster. <laughs> That's <Okay>. the thing. <laughs> assuming you don't, would you give like a top three first in a second? A top three? Probably not. Okay. Would I give so just the top three first? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see. And I could see some managers doing that, the top three first. Uh, especially if it's guaranteed, if the roster is that bad, and it maybe is even has a chance at being like the, the first pick. I could see a lot of managers doing it and just cutting their losses now that the situation is getting murkier. Yep. But yeah, for, for a redraft, I'm definitely out on, on Brees. Maybe uh, Dalvin can be a value because I think they're just looking at good old washed up Dalvin and just not wanting to draft because it's not a pick that you usually like to make like drafting those older running backs uh, that are now just on a different team and like there's a lot of I think you give too much credit to a lot of people like if you're in I'm in a $50 league and Dalvin is viewed very highly let me just say that <laughs> Like, Dalvin is coming off a monster season. Like, 
I don't know. I think that the greater fantasy community is more educated now than it was when we started five years ago. But I, I still think there's a lot of people out there who will look at a season that someone just had and not take into account their age. What, what a, um, what a peak is. When do, when does regression, they won't take that into account. They'll just say, okay, Dalvin cook is coming off a 1200 yard season. Screw that. He only had 4.4 yards of touch. You know, he's coming off that season. So it really all just depends. I knew that that my mind is really more wired towards Dynasty, so sometimes, like, the the redrafts that we have, uh, the redrafts league that we have, uh, it really opens up my eyes to, and I make a lot of mistakes in those leagues because I'm wired to Dynasty and I take shots at those young guys. Yep, and I'm a top three team consistently every year, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Baby! I did make the finals last year, though. You did. Improvements. Didn't win it, but I also try crazy things. Four quarterbacks usual start things was fun. Four quarterbacks was fun, and all of them busted. Oh my god, yes! I think I draft. Who did I draft? I drafted Aaron Rodgers. I know that. I drafted Patrick Stafford. Holmes, Stafford, and Deshaun. And Washington. I think you drafted Deshaun. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. So one in four didn't bust. Yes, and I still made the playoffs. <laughs> I don't know how, but I still did. Yeah, but but I'm looking at Dalvin right now, and on on sleeper, his ADP right now is running back twenty five. I can only imagine that's increasing right now. Yeah, uh, it it should be close to like running back twenty uh, before the the weekends, in my opinion. I mean, if you're looking at the top twenty back, does Dalvin could that get that sort of return, or do are we looking at a situation where both? Brees and Dalvin finish outside of the top 24 running backs. Because we, we also need to factor in Michael Carter. I think one of them is finishing the top 24, my man. Ah. Even with Michael Carter still involved? Is Michael Carter or still going to be involved we... with Dalvin Cook there with Brees Hall? I mean, I think the team likes him. And I believe he was a team captain last year. So, I mean, I would think he, he is still involved somewhat. It, 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 I think it's one of those players that their team really likes and they will try to get him involved still. Uh, so if you're looking at a... I mean, of course, Carter will, will have a, a very minor share of that backfield. But if it's still a three-headed backfield, even with Carter being the smaller head, are we thinking that any of those running backs finished top 24? Brees, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think Brees can finish top 24. You're bullish. You're bullish on him. I'm very, more bullish on him I'm very than bullish I am. on him. <laughs> so yeah, it seems like you're on the on the field that breaches him, and I'm just <laughs> unsure on both guys. So definitely a, a conundrum here. If you wanna, if you wanna, hey, at those Jets running backs, I wouldn't fault you for doing either thing. I mean, right now I think Dalvin is a better value than Brees. I th- uh, but I, I probably wouldn't touch either. I think by the end of the season, I'll be doing a Brees Hall victory lap. I'll be waiting for it. Moving on, because believe it or not, this was supposed to be NFC predictions, but let's get to some of the injuries that happened. Um, as I said last week, I am a card-carrying holder of the Terrace Marshall fan club, and... He went down, and I think that's something that's more concerning is I haven't gotten a follow-up 
Is there a follow-up to Terrace Marshall go, getting carted off? I believe the only follow-up that I got was that it was a back injury and that he was out either from the preseason game or from the practice game that was happening uh, in the next few days. So, yeah. So, will he be Not back 100... for the regular season? That's the million-dollar question, I guess. I don't think we have gotten an update on that yet. Um, but I don't know, man. <laughs> Let me see. Maybe we can we can get a, an update on the fly here. According to Sleeper, I don't think there's any update yet on him. So, yeah, he's just out Friday against the Giants. That's <laughs> the only thing that we God. are. The team has not has not stated how serious the injury is. So, oh, that's left never to, good. You left to keep checking. <laughs> they are still evaluating the extent of Marshall's back injury. Oh, that's never good. And he was also the fourth wide receiver in the depth chart. Now it's preseason depth chart, so you really don't care about those, but still. It's not about Jonathan saying it's preseason depth charts. I also have reports saying that Terrace Marshall is the wide receiver one in Carolina. So you really don't know until actual football is starting to get played. That said, <laughs> good night, sweet prince, if you're down. Moving on. I mean, we talked about it in the in the... In real life football episode, uh, where we uh, I just listened to a, a Panthers beat reporter mentioning that Terrence Marshall Jr. was their choice for wide receiver one. So, yeah, an unfortunate situation for you as a Terrence Marshall card member. Yeah, card carrying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, looking at a, a wide receiver where I'm in the same situation as you, um, Jameson Williams. I believe he also suffered an injury today. <laughs> he suffered an injury uh, on top of getting suspended? Yeah, he suffered an injury. I God. believe it was on his... Was it on his foot, I believe? Wasn't it? I believe he, No, no, it was his hamstring. It was his hamstring, yeah. Leaves practice with apparent leg injury. Pulled up uh, holding his right hamstring during the Lions practice. So, yeah. He walked to the rock, uh, locker room under his own power. But still, you know, with those those speedy wide receivers, the soft tissue injuries are always concerning. Uh, yep, it's not great for a for a wide receiver with the drop problems that he had yep. uh, and the injury. Uh, pro- How do you know he's had drop problems? I don't think I've seen him take the field. Oh, I mean, like on his on his first preseason game. I mean, first you you had Dan Campbell saying like his hands weren't like great. Oh they yeah, like that. and they would never be, and that's okay because he has the speed. And like in preseason game one, his first target he drops it. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's not encouraging for my guy. No, it is not. Oh, moving on. Traylon Burks also went down, so there's just there's just no there's just no hope. I don't know if Traylon I don't, I'm not sure if Traylon Burks was going to be a thing because I'm not a fan of anyone on the Titans offense outside of Derrick Henry at this point. But man, apparently it's only an LCL injury. This really? is quite recent from like 7 minutes ago. Yeah, so it's he's only missed he's only slated to miss only a few weeks. So he might be so, back by the regular season. Yeah, encouraging signs at least. That's good. 
another another wide receiver. I mean, wide receivers are dropping like flies right now. It seems. Yeah. But another Lions wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown, suffered an injury today. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's is dealing with uh, with what seems to be a minor lower leg, a uh, minor lower right leg injury. Uh, and he got his ankle tapped, so it doesn't seem to be to be too concerning. But still, I mean, and you know he has that dog in him, so of course that you won't let this hold him back. But still, small injuries all around. That is crazy. So I think at this point we should probably get into the heart of the episode, which was AFC off- or NFC offenses that were targeting in some of the fantasy assets. <laughs> from those for sure, for sure. Um, I'm going to start off swinging hot um, I'm all wheels up on the Saints offense and I'm all wheels up on Chris Olave like go for him you, you got him from me congratulations like Chris Olave uh, Chris Olave is going to finish as a wide receiver one there's my hot take I mean, and he's, he's currently being drafted as one. Yeah, I think he's, he's being drafted as wide receiver 12 off the board. Yeah. That's his ADP, according to Slipper. Oh. So, yeah, and I think he's one of those guys who has, like, crazy upside to be the wide receiver one overall. Uh, even even with my doubts on Derek Carr, I think he, he will have the volume to support that. Uh, I don't believe Michael Thomas will be will be anything of note that will, will impede Olave to reach those heights. And I believe I think you're on track to something here. I I also believe in Olave. I like him at his ADP even, yeah. Because I think he's one of those of those wide receivers who can really achieve that upper echelon. And I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if next season we're talking about a big tree of Justin Jefferson, Chase, and Olave. Wouldn't be shocked at all either. It's just going to be Derek it's Carr out there throwing bomb after bomb after bomb to Olave. You're just going to be like, what's going on? What's going on? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Won't, won't win the sense many games, but for sure will win the dynasty owners and the fantasy owners a lot of games. Uh, who, those of those of us who have, who have a love. And I, I believe I have them in like two or three leagues. Uh, so yeah, definitely a player I also like. Uh, uh, as I said, I think you're on track to something here. Yeah. Do you have anyone else on the Saints that you like right now? I'm trying to figure out exactly who the wide receiver two and wide receiver three are on for the Saints. And once once that's because I have I have heard like three or four different names touted out there. For, so once we figure that out, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with with acquiring Alvin Kamara, especially with only a three game suspension in redraft. I definitely expected more. Uh, three games seems low. I was aiming at around like six. Uh, so yeah, definitely. If you bought them before the the news came out, congratulations! I believe you got get a discount there. Uh, his current ADP is like end of the fifth round, and I actually think he will he can give you a lot of value there. Um, because he's one. I mean, you still have Kendra Miller, who I like, but Kendra Miller also got injured right now. Um, so yeah, uh, it's definitely a player who has that boom upside. Uh, especially for this year, I'm not sure I would buy him in Dynasty, but for redraft is for sure buy in my opinion as well. Uh, and I mean, you were talking about the wide receiver two and three there. I mean, do we? Does it matter who the wide receiver three is? I believe like the two should be Michael Thomas for like the first two or three games. That's fair. Then he gets injured, and then wow, it doesn't matter. Probably. 
you're just looking at Taysom Hill playing all the positions on the field, getting like touches and making those great boom weeks like he had versus Seattle last year. And that's that's the Saints offense. It's Olave, Kamara, and the random boom boom or bust week of of uh Taysom Hill. I mean Juwan Johnson is also a good option, but he has he has been touted as a good option for a few a few years now. Um so yeah. I I I mean go for Taysom Hill, play him every week and you get those boom weeks that will eventually give you a top nine tight end finish. You you'll just have to deal with like the the one point game, uh, one point game, two point game, and then you get like a thirty four point game. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. So let's talk. Since your favorite team is in the NFC, let's talk about your favorite team. How are you navigating the Seahawks? Because there's a lot of interesting things you can talk about. You can talk about DK Metcalf, Lockett, and JSN, and how that works. You can talk about Kenneth Walker and Charbonnet, and how that works out. Like what what would you target the Seahawks offense first off for players? Because you can get Geno Smith really, really late. And what players would you stack him with? I mean, as I, as I said prior. And it just crashed. Sorry. Alex is in a hotel and <laughs> his and internet is not as solid as it usually is. What's up? <laughs> I cut off again. Yeah, yes, the, it the did. Of... Um, the okay, can you, can you repeat the question? How are you navigating the Seahawks offense with the three wide receivers and the two running backs? I mean, as I said before, <laughs> Kenneth Falker is my guy. He will always be my guy. Uh, I believe, like, what is being drafted as running back 15, I think he still has the same upside to be a top five guy. I don't like Zach Charbonnet. I don't believe it will be it will be it will be a good running back NFL uh, in the NFL. Uh, I don't like, like his his running style, and I I don't really like what I saw in college a lot. Uh, plus, I mean, like his best season came as a senior, and he stayed the next three year in college, so not good indicators, I would believe. Plus, I mean, it just isn't that tough a dog. Uh, yet to run away from from Michigan uh, <laughs> before the the big can of Falker explosion because I mean you just saw him in practice and was like oh, I can't deal with this I have to bounce and I mean same thing will happen right now in training camp you will just look at the menacing can of Falker and can of Falker will just will just throw him who's in charge and oh, I still wow. like Gannon. I still like Kenneth Walker. I believe he, he will give he will give you more passing upside that than what we are than what we believe he usually gets us. I mean, he wasn't seen as a, a great like pass catching back out of college. But I mean here one he still had what, like twenty seven catches? So he showed you that he can indeed catch catch balls uh, out of the backfield at the pros. So unlike of, my my previous position, Kenneth Walker does actually have arms, and he's not a glorified T Rex out there. Yes. Okay. Okay. I, I was actually waiting for the apology because I couldn't believe the slander of "Oh my God, Kenneth Walker didn't catch passes in college. He's for sure can catch passes in the NFL." Listen, I, mean, I understand the argument the that point. just because he didn't do it in college doesn't mean he can't do it in the NFL. But at the same time, if you didn't do it in college, what history and what 
indication do you have that he's going to be great at it in the NFL? You don't, that doesn't just happen. You don't just suddenly decide, Oh, I'm going to be a good receiver now in at an NFL level and then do it. Like it's Pete Carroll's design. It's Kenneth Walker's ability to adapt. And like, yes, he proved me wrong. He can receive there. There you go. Yeah. But but my point was never that he would be this amazing uh, pass catcher in the NFL. My point was just that, I mean, didn't have the opportunity at Michigan. They barely passed the ball to the running back. So who's to say that he can't actually catch balls? And most of the takes that I saw, especially from you and a few of our of our league mates uh, that I usually clash with, uh, the stance that you guys took was pretty much like he will just be a pure a pure boulder. He won't have any sort of pass catching upside, which I didn't believe uh, because I never saw it. I mean, if if I saw that the guy couldn't actually catch the ball, like you know, all of the targets went by him, he just had like butter fingers. I mean, I would believe that, but I never actually saw it. So my point was maybe we will wait for see what he does in the pros catching wise before having those takes. But no, you guys were pretty adamant against it. So I took my victory laps when I could. Uh, now the Zach Charbonnet is another stone on his way, and I mean the dude will just will just turn it around and keep on his smashing ways. I love my my guy Kenneth Walker. Another guy that I like, it's Jordan, uh, it's Jackson Smith and Jigwa. I don't believe the volume will be there this year, so I I still think you should only really go for the DK Tyler Lockett combo. Probably keep targeting Lockett. I mean, he had a better year than DK last year. I mean, it it happens because Lockett, I believe it's it's a more consistent guy, uh, while DK is a more boom or bust type of player. Not that he will give you those those bad weeks like those god awful uh, game uh, week losing weeks. But still, I, I believe like. Lockett won't have the the crazy upside that DK has any given week, but he will he will give you a steady a steady pace of of weeks, and is is one of my my, my favorite CX uh, Seahawks to draft every year because I I always think you can get him at a value. I bought him last last year in our dynasty league, uh, for uh, like an early second when there was absolutely no one on the board that looked good. Um, <laughs> and I was happy with it because he had a pretty good season. Gino will still, I believe in Gino still. I don't think it was a, a one year wonder thing. Uh, so yeah, I would say by a... the Seahawks. I don't, I don't. So, I think Gino was, was pretty good, man. So here's my because I see and I understand why you want to be conservative with the JSN prediction, but let's be real. JSN beat out Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave in college for targets. The Seahawks drafted him in the first round. Granted, it was the 20th overall pick, but they drafted him in the first round. He has amazing... He is the best wide receiver and most hyped talent since Jamar Chase, correct? Correct. I think the chance that JSN is out there on two wide receiver sets and either DK or Lockett is not is higher than a lot of people think. Oh, and I think hmm? how high is better that than 50% in, in JSN's favor. Oh, I don't know. Man. Yeah. 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 I'm telling you lured away. I'm telling you, you'd, 
It might be a Kenneth Walker situation, but you don't just go from I can beat out elite competition to I can't beat out elite. I don't think I think by the end of the season, JSN is is your second wide receiver or first wide receiver. I'm telling you. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe maybe that bills me out. Maybe he outproduces them. Maybe he's better at getting separation and getting open than them. But one of those things is happening. JSN is that guy. I mean, in case of an injury, sure. I could definitely see it, of course. But I yes. mean, I don't know, man. Tyler Lockett has like four consecutive years of being a 1,000 yards wide receiver. He's really He's the good. model he's of really consistency. Exactly. He is the he's model of consistency and he's going down. And he's really underappreciated, man. I don't know. I think you're being allured away by the, the draft capital. Which I don't think it means a lot for the Seattle Seahawks. If you look at how we drafted the recent, no, I'm getting lower to worry by the fact that JSN is a stud, and you start your studs. That's what I'm getting lower to worry by. And isn't Tyler Lockett a stud though? He's not JSN, not anymore. I mean, at the NFL level, he he's better than uh, JSN because he has proved that he's that he's actually an NFL player. And you know that we, we can love the prospects all we want. We loved Corey Davis, but when we, you entered the NFL, I mean, it didn't actually went that well. And there's a lot of guys that don't exactly meet expectations right away. Plus, JSN was a year removed from playing football, wasn't he? I don't believe he played much last year. No, I did um, I do not follow a lot of, of college ball, but still, uh, it's common knowledge. Oh, but yeah, I like JSN for the future. I don't necessarily love him for redraft, and he's being drafted ahead of Tyler Lockett right now, which is dangerous. I mean, the payoff is that you get one of those crazy rookie seasons and that he goes absolutely off, so as right receiver 30, it's still probably worth it. I would be yeah. more on board with it if he no, was I'd... being drafted behind Lockett, but still... I, I think it's still the DK Lockett duo for this year. Next year, maybe we, we get a lot of chess and mixed in. I think I'm going JSN. That's, that's all I think. So let's move on to another offense in the NFC West since we're there. And it seems like all the teams are good if you ignore the Cardinals. 49ers. Who's their quarterback? And... How are they going to distribute all the weapons they have from George Kittle to Christian McCaffrey to Debo Samuel to Ayuk to it, it just the list goes on and on forever. It feels like so. What, how, how are you dissecting the 49ers? I mean, as I mentioned in the, the football podcast, the RRL football podcast, I think it's birdie to start, but I think it eventually ends up being Lance to finish the year, maybe with some Sam Darnold mixed in. So I think it, the San Francisco 49ers weapons will be sort of a mess to own because the current switch at, at QB um, won't be great. You have the options involved. I think Purdy would be the, the more stable uh, QB for all of the weapons involved. And I don't necessarily believe Lance will give you the, that stability because of his, of his rushing upside. Uh, and he's also, I don't think he's, he's that refined of a passer. I believe he has less pass attempts across his whole career than Gino had last year. So he's a pretty inexperienced quarterback. 
I like some of the weapons. I like where Ayuk is being drafted, like around wide receiver 28, according to the sleeper ADP. Uh, I think that's a value from all of the reports that we have, that he is currently like the best player in the, the 49ers camp. Uh, but it all depends on the QB. If my read is wrong and Purdy starts all of the games, I mean, I think most weapons are safe because you will be mostly a, a passing QB. There's very little rushing involved. But yeah, how you how are you reading this this like whole mess of the 49ers? I am so here's here is the big problem. The 49ers are going to be a good offense. And you want to invest in a good offense. But I think just the volume of weapons they have is going to kind of cap where each one of them can finish particularly. I think CMC has a chance to be the running back one in fantasy this year. There's there's and if you doubt that, I don't know what to tell you. But for Christian McCaffrey to be the running back one in fantasy, do you know who takes that hit the biggest? Debo. Debo Samuel. So it just depends. It really just depends how they plan on utilizing everything they have. I think George Ready? Kittle is a little bit overrated. I think that he was propped up by touchdowns. And as you've told me uh, ad nauseum, touchdown is really the hardest position to translate year over year over year. I don't think Kittle's going to be as good as he was last year because of all the touchdowns. Yeah, and he didn't have an insane volume. He had like 60, 60 catches, but I just had like 11 touchdowns, which is more than he ever had in his career. It's almost double exactly. the next biggest amount that he had in his career. It's not happening. So, yeah, I can definitely see some regression there. Uh, regarding Debo, though, it does seem like last year he was affected somewhat by the contract uh, discussions. He admitted to that himself. I mean, it can be just like players talking and uh, just like sort of an excuse. But it does appear that he wasn't really there to start the season. So I could see some a bounce back and maybe like reaching those those heights that he that he was before where he had like that really crazy season. Of course not to the same extent because now they have Christian McCaffrey. But I wouldn't be shocked if like they wanted to save McCaffrey for the playoffs with all of the injury history that he has. Plus I believe like last season when Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell was was healthy, he scored the whole less points. I believe it was eight fantasy points uh, less per game when Elijah Mitchell was around. But I mean, it's it's not a huge sample size from what I know. So I don't love CMC where he's being drafted. I think everything he's being drafted is the running back one already. Yeah, and I I <laughs> don't necessarily love it. Uh, because he was what he was running back two last year, and I mean, I find it hard to, hard to believe that a guy with like back to back seasons of constant injuries, especially like now that he's with the 49ers. I know he played the whole season last year, but I mean, the 49ers are known for their injuries, so I find it hard to believe that he will have another fully healthy season, especially now at 27 with all of the touches that he had already. I mean, it's just coming of a season where he had, like, what? It was over 300 touches again. So, 
I don't know, man. Being drafted as a running back one, it carries a lot of risk. Yet, it certainly has the upside for it if he's still healthy. Um, but yeah, the stars have to align perfectly. So I don't necessarily love the big risk. And I, I mean, he's being drafted as a running back one, but should be like the player four being drafted right now, probably. Behind Chase, Jefferson, and probably Cup. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily love McCaffrey. I don't hate McCaffrey. I'm thinking just okay with McCaffrey. I would monitor how Elijah Mitchell is doing. Uh, because if if the trend persists from last year, it could be an issue if you're being drafted as the running back one. But yeah, you seem to be fully on board with the, the CMC hype train. Yeah. Yeah. You're fine. Some, I mean, as the running someone, back someone has to elevate out of all those weapons to the top, and I think CMC has the best chance. And are you are you happy with drafting him as the the player one hundred one uh, in redraft? <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, <laughs> you are the running back advocator in this show. I am the so... running. Uh, yeah, I am. I am the RB advocator. You are right. Not but, over Jefferson Chase and Cup, or are you okay so drafting him over Cup? Here's the problem. Here is the problem. So, running back heavy previously worked because where we were at the NFL at the time, the fantasy points you got from running backs, you could get to a level that a wide receiver simply could not touch. We have now kind of flipped the script, and now there are seasons like Tyreek Hill, or yeah, Tyreek Hill last year, or Justin Jefferson, that now the running backs are struggling to touch. So I think we've actually gone full circle, and the passing volume is finally at a point where your the way your stance your stance is a hundred percent correct. A wide receiver right now can have a season that no the running back can't match, and that's unfortunate, but that's the way of the world. Things change. As a wide receiver advocator. Yeah. I think Justin Jefferson because let's be real, if you're if you're in PPR, you want a wide receiver who can get you close to three hundred points on the year. If you got that, you're in a good spot. If you got two of that, you're in a really good spot. But I think the days of the bell cow running back, for the most part, is dead. There are, there are like a handful of them, if that. So I think Especially I think the next those guys, have, have... those guys have what? No, no. Yeah, I was saying because those guys also, the wide receivers also get uh, way less touches than the top running backs. So there's a way smaller uh, That's why you can see the bend, in my opinion. I was I was always an advocate of the wide receiver. Uh, and yeah, as you said, it's becoming more and more likely that the, the wide receivers can outscore those top running backs. So I'm excited for that. Yes. So moving on to the next team and the only other team in the NFC West that, because I'm not talking, do you have something to talk about the Cardinals? 
I think Hollywood Brown is a trap. I think if you're toting him, that you're crazy. I I think I think if you're toting James Conner, you're. I saw James Conner in a ten-person league go in the first four rounds. What are you thinking? Why? Tell me, sell me on James Conner getting you to to whatever nineteen twenty points a game. Please sell me on the Cardinals offense. Uh, James Conner no, repeating running that. Back, running back four, I'm uh, round four. I'm completely out. But I mean, right now his ADP is running back twenty four, and I think he's it's pretty good to it's a pretty good bet to take because we have been fading James Conner for two years now, and the dude keeps delivering whenever he's healthy. And I mean, the team has indicated that they are complete, completely comfortable with James Conner as a running back one. You will get all of the touches in the backfield, in my opinion. I don't really think there's anyone there to threaten him. Um, and I mean, the offense isn't great, but I mean, like last year, the Texans weren't great either, and still, Damian Pierce managed to get his way to like a top what thirty running back, and that's without basically being that great of a pass catcher, which James Conner is top a, thirty a much is still top thirty is still outside of the running back too. I mean, still, like, James Conner is a much better pass catcher, in my opinion. So, and if the, the offenses run towards them, and I mean, it's secretly difficult for, uh, no matter how bad of an NFL team they are, they will still score points. So, at the end of the day, I think they the, most of those might come from James Conner. So, I think at tw- running back 24 is a value. And someone that I'm looking at in those in those rounds, it's not a sexy name, but still... I think it's a fool's errand unless unless you're going to tell me Kyler Murray is going to have a bonker season when he comes back. But you you can't sell Kyler me on the Arizona offense until Kyler's back. What's up? I don't I don't even think he will be back. But still, the offense needs to run by someone, and they won't be like the worst team ever, and they will need to score points. So don't feel like it. You think they just won't score any points? It's like a three-point no, like team ever. You don't think there's a chance the Cardinals look absolutely atrocious to start the season? I think there's a chance, but I still think they will score I think there's a chance no they get what. shut out the first game. Who's the first game against? Does it matter? <laughs> I mean, it, it always matters. I think we're being too harsh, and I I don't particularly particularly like the the Cardinals, but I still think they'll score points. So I mean, I would only touch James Conner. I really I'm really not keen on touching in anyone else, especially now that Hertz is back. Trey loses a lot of his Primit Bright loses yeah. a lot of his. They play the Commanders end. Week One. I mean, they won't get shut out versus the Commanders. The Commanders also have great. You're right. I, I, I bet you right now that they won't. But still, yeah, it's the only cardinal that I would target right now. It's James Conner. Some some folks like Hollywood Brown. I I don't know how. I don't. I don't even know who who their wide receiver one will be between like him. Now they're stuck with Michael Wilson or something. You still have Rondo Moore there. I mean, yeah, I, I think the, there's the a sneaky chance, chance it's Rondo Moore, but at the end of the day, you're getting the wide receiver one. <laughs> I don't care. But I mean, there's a chance. There's there's one hundred percent certainty that James Conner is the guy. So I mean, I will just take the only sure thing in that offense and go with that. That's my take, basically. Okay, the St. Louis Rams. 
I have them as a little mini bounce back team, but at the same time, the Rams are basically one, two, throw it to Cooper Cup. Hopefully he stays healthy. I think the only other piece you, you can talk about Tyler Higby being a sleeper. And I mean, if the Rams have a bounce back season, yeah, that's going to happen. But I think Cam Akers is the player that is most controversial on the Rams. What is your take on Cam Akers and the Rams offense as a whole, a.k.a. Cooper Cup? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like Cooper Cup. That's basically it. Uh, if you're looking at Cam Akers show from last year, I don't know if that it's if it's there. Uh, there's still a lot of folks that love Cam Akers, especially what he did last year. I feel disappointed in us because season. we used the sad horn for the Rams offense, but we couldn't use the sad horn for the Arizona Cardinals. It was on your hand to use it. <laughs> You, you just you just seem to maybe sneakily love the Cardinals. Maybe that's oh, wow. That. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's Cooper Cup for me. Uh, I think it's it will still run by Cooper Cup. It it's always Cooper Cup. Tyler Higby will have it's a it's a touchdown play. It's touchdown or bust. You likely won't have the volume, and I used to love the the little Stafford thing. Maybe I mean I could see him retire sooner. Uh, I don't think he will retire mid-season, but even with his injuries, it's always a, a danger uh, with him. Maybe we see some stats on Bennett, and if we see Bennett, I don't even know. If we see Bennett, it's even more. <laughs> if we see Bennett, we just tell everyone. <laughs> But yeah, gamers, Cam Akers, I mean, like he's being drafted around the running back to a low end running back to. I'm fine with that. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Yeah. I'm so conflicted it, it with never Cam Akers. But you like them as a prospect, though. I did. And he's not. Worse. His, his receiving upside is not what I thought it would be. And I think at the end of the day, the Rams, even with a comeback season, is going to be an average offense. I think that's about where their ceiling is. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would think so as well. They lost a lot of the offensive line pieces that made that offensive line good. Plus, some of those got older as well. And there's You're really right. no wide receiver two in that team, in my opinion. And here's the thing. Too. And here's the thing. Offensive line is way more important, as at least as far as a fantasy standpoint, to running backs than it is for wide receivers. So I think that at the end of the day, the Rams being an average offense, the offense basically being one, two, throw it to Cooper cup is going to kind of cap where cam. Like if you believe cam Akers is a running back one, I don't, I don't see that path. He, he's got to get so many like goal line touchdowns. It would be ridiculous. He'd, he'd have to be in the double digits. So I don't know if I see, I can see the path to a running back two. I can't see the path to a running back one. But I also couldn't see a path to like high hand running back two. So we're talking about a low hand running back two. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's where he's being drafted. So yeah, but, I mean, so maybe he's there. Where, maybe he's where he should be then. Maybe he's where he should. Yeah, be. I, I think I think he's probably valued. Bro, I got that's asked today. Brilliant. 
I got asked today because I unfortunately in one league have Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins, and I just got asked, "Hey, what would it take for Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins?" And my eyes just got really big, and I was like, "How do I do this?" <laughs> like, I think Without if you have Cam Akers or J.K. Dobbins, you just have to hold. You can't be like, "Yeah, here's a here's a second round." <laughs> what if what if he was just like here's the first round pick? <laughs> Wouldn't you yeah. just sell both right away? Maybe if you get a first for for both, like I don't for, know. Like, so two firsts in that scenario. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the those are the big misses from that class: J.K. Dobbins and Akers. I was actually not on either. I didn't love Akers. I just couldn't have a lot of chances to grab Dobbins. But yeah, my favorite guy of the bunch, I believe it, they were from the same class, wasn't it? Like the Swift, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Dobbins yes. class. Yeah. Yep. So my favorite guy was actually Swift, so. Yeah, you didn't end up too good either. I, I guess, I guess if you can, drafted a running can... back there at this point, you're not doing too hot. Unless it was, I mean, even JT right now. JT right now is a huge question mark, too. Like, you were doing fine up until this point if you had JT. I mean, you are still doing better with all of those guys than you are if you drafted Clyde Heather's alert. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was the 101. Not in our leagues. But, exactly. but he was the one one in a lot of I mean it's just one of those scenarios where, where a player gets drafted because of their offense. It certainly reminds me of a wide receiver being drafted. Oh not Quentin. We're not going back to Quentin. I, I haven't mentioned any names. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so we talked about the NFC West. Let's go to what is probably going to be one of the worst divisions in the NFC, the NFC South. We already talked about the Saints. I'm wheels up on them. You seem to be semi-wheels up on them, even though you didn't predict them to win their own division. Do you have anything yeah. to talk about Carolina? Like, how how are you approaching Miles Sanders? That's that's probably the most interesting. Is Adam Thielen going to be a thing still? Adam Thielen won't be a thing, in my opinion. Oh. I mean, it was if it was god awful last year, in terms of most metrics, uh, for his efficiency. Touchdowns, baby! Spot. Touchdowns! I mean, yes, touchdowns rule, but I don't think this offense will have a lot of those. I think Bryce will have a, a decent rookie season, not great, not awful, uh, because I believe in the player. Uh, I can't. The only player I would touch on the on. The Panthers would probably be Miles Sanders. I think that offense, uh, both passing and and rushing, because I don't think the offense will be terrible. So, and he's being drafted right now as a, a mid uh, running back too. He's running back twenty, so mid to late. So definitely a, a, a running back that I would target. Other than that, I think I would go with the tight end, Aiden Nurse. I believe he joined the he did. the Panthers this year. Off the Bengals. Yeah, from all of the reports and from him, uh, from his own mouth, 
I believe he's being used more as a as a receiver. And we know that rookie QBs usually have that connection with the tight ends for safety and so on. So I think it can be a sneaky play. Not super consistent, but I mean, he's being drafted as like the tight end 24, like 178 ADP, 178, 179. Uh, yeah, I think he's a good value where he's being drafted. Won't have the highest of the, the touchdown upsides, but I think he will have consistent work, which can make him a solid top 15, top 12 tight end. Uh, so yeah, for his value, I think I'm in. I don't believe it. It will rock your world. You won't be one of those elite tight ends, but still, I think it will be a solid option. So here's the thing, right? Terrace Marshall, card carry. I don't. I think the offense is going to be more uh, more underrated. I think the offense is going to be better than the Rams, even potentially. So. With that said, I think my I think there is a small chance Miles Sanders with just with opportunity, not on talent because he is an older running back, but on opportunity alone will be a low end running back one. I think there's an off chance that happens. I wouldn't be shocked honestly. I wouldn't either. A wide yeah, receiver, I think, I think there has to be a beneficiary. I I low key think Hayden Hurst might have the best shot. What about the rookie they drafted, Mingo, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, yeah, Terrence Marshall 2.0. So he's going to be the GOAT? <laughs> no, he's going to be the next bust. That they Terrence Marshall is not a bust yet. Yet, okay. Just two years of nothing. To be fair to him, I think part of it was the coaching staff that the first year, yes. And he, and not this only season. that, he finished the season fine. He got more opportunities. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, with Terrence Marshall, I've tried to acquire in a few places because I think he's, he's really cheap right now. And I, I think you can, can get him at a good price. Would you be able to get Terrence Marshall without talking to me? There's one league where you don't have them, which is a very mad <laughs> league. And that's the only league where I tried to acquire them. And the answer that I got was, I like Terrence Marshall Jr. So, yeah, <laughs> nothing came of that. Funny enough, league. I tried to acquire him too. And then he sent me like a pick for like a first for him in that 32 man. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, I believe he's closed my eyes right now. So, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you know, close your eyes and hit accept. But that was not one of those moments. But yeah, uh, regarding Mingo, I don't really see anything with Mingo. Uh, The dude like was never the leading wide receiver on his team. Is one of those profile guys who tested really well. I mean, if you look at that, he has like a ninety six percentile speed score, ninety first percentile uh, burst score. Ooh. So yeah, it's one of those like athletic freaks that you that sort of jump on the eyes. But then you look at his production, and he was never the wide receiver one on his own team. He never led the team uh, in receiving yards and so on. And I believe like the guy who played with him at Ole Miss this year and led the team in in receiving yards uh, was actually undrafted. Uh, it was like, I believe I want to say like 
I believe he is now, um, yeah, Javon Wims, who's now um, a Green Bay Packer, I believe. That was the guy who who led the team in in receiving yards, and he went undrafted. So, so. I mean, like the better wide receiver on the team went undrafted. So maybe just go for him. So Jonathan Mingo, super athletic, shines off the pages. Got beat yes. out by a guy who couldn't even get drafted to the NFL. Yes. That <laughs> perfectly encapsulates Jonathan Mingo. Was deserving. Yeah, I don't love him. I don't think there's anything there. I believe he was overdrafted because of his athletic profile. It was incredible, I believe. Uh, I mean, he was like the second uh, wide receiver in this year's class in athleticism. So, incredible. But still, production profile isn't there, so I don't love those guys. I mean, he never had more than five touchdowns in any season. Uh, He played four years in college. Not a fan. Not a fan of Jonathan Mingo, for sure. Didn't break out until year three. And that's with, like, 346 yards in... Still in six games, but yeah. Year three breakout, four years in college... Never led the team in production. Not great. Best comparable player, according to player profiler, is Alan Lazard. I'm out. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you want to target the wide receiver, Terrence Marshall will be it. I, I'm on. I'm on the same page as you. Uh, yep. But I think the the leading, uh, as you said, the leading man in that offense might be Aiden Nurse. So I mean. He's being drafted very, very cheaply right now. You can get him very, very late in drafts. Maybe take a shot out. I agree. So, now let's get interesting because I want to talk about the Atlanta Falcons. So, what do you think happens with all of those weapons? And Desmond Ritter getting them the ball. While I do believe the Falcons win the division and will be a sneaky I don't. team, I don't. I don't believe you draft any weapons in the Falcons. It's yeah. impossible. The the the. Yeah. So I would love Drake London, and I do love Drake London. He was my wide receiver one coming out this class. When how? How many yards can he get? How many targets can he get? He he was on a better pace to get targets than Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts is 6'6". Six, six, and runs like a 4'4". Four, four. So he is amazing at getting separation. He is amazing at getting targets. The volume's not going to be there. Do we believe he'll get over 100 targets? Because I do. I don't. We're... Bro, like I, th- they're gonna only throw it like two hundred sometimes, probably. Uh, I I would be shocked because, um, but the, this is because I also think Tyler Tyler Reineke plays a lot this year. So uh, yeah, I would be I would be shocked, and also, like I believe it will be Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and then some. Uh, was it Mac Collins that they brought in this year? Yeah, Mac Collins. Yeah, Mac Collins. And some Mac Collins. So maybe. Target are, some McAllen's because I don't believe anyone else will be involved in this offense consistently. Are you at all but, concerned yeah. that 
the head coach basically came out and said, yeah, we're basically going to run it like it's 1973. And, <laughs> and, and, and P. John Robinson is basically going to be like Joe or God, I can't even think right now. Is going to be like Bo, Bo Jackson. <laughs> Bonos? I mean, I mean, should bode well for Bijan. I still wouldn't draft him. He where he's being drafted. What? Like, I, th- I think what? he's going to. The yeah. only thing out of that, out of the Falcons, I think is going to be worth it is Bijan. I think if anything gets the stupid volume, it's going to be Bijan. It's not going to be Kyle Pitts. As much as I love Drake London, it's not going to be Drake London. They're going to be the most boring team offensively to watch, and they're going to have some of the best weapons in the NFL. I hope you know that. But do we believe Bijan gets the receiving work that makes him, like, potential top one running back? Because I don't. (laughs) I believe Nick Chubb has a better chance to get the receiving work than Bijan. Nick Chubb probably does have a better chance to get the receiving work because unlike the Falcons, the Browns might pass the ball more than 200 times! I mean, yeah. And if, you, <laughs> and if you're targeting Bijan, why not get like Nick Chubb, who's what you're hoping Bijan will be? I mean, I don't understand the, the Bijan ADP. I think he's being way too overdrafted. Uh, he's way too high, and I don't believe he will have that running back one ceiling. I don't believe that's in the cards for him. I think we will be looking at Bijan at the end of the year, how how we look at Nick Chubb, like the last two years. A great running back who gets a lot of touches, but not a lot of targets, and that will hinder him somewhat. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the best weapon on the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Basically, you can't draft any Falcon, in my opinion. I do believe Drake London, his ADP is just too high, because I do believe Drake London can be uh, somewhat of a consistent weapon. But no, he is a consistent weapon. As... He is absolutely a consistent weapon. He has no one to throw him and the and ball. He, and his ADP has dropped somewhat. I believe he is right now being drafted as wide receiver 22. And that's a, a wide receiver The fact two. that he got seven, 800 yards on that team last year is baffling to me. And Marcus was much worse than Desmond. And I believe he improved with Desmond. It's just that... Some of his advanced analysts weren't really that great, even with Ritter. So I would be a bit afraid. I'm fine with him in Dynasty because I believe a QB will come that will elevate that offense further. Uh, just not this year. Unless I think they're closer to Caleb Williams like, than they are of winning the division, I'll tell you that much. Nah, there's no way. They have the easiest schedule in the league. Dude. They will just be a good team because of that. And I believe they will win the division, so I, I think they're really far away from Caleb. Plus all of the money that they invested in the defense. I really think people are underestimating the Falcons right now. You know they're, I believe they are like right. third in odds for winning the, the division. There's absolutely no way the Bucks or the Panthers are, are a better team and have a better chance of getting a better record than they, than they have. Uh, so yeah. I like the I like the Falcons. I like them more for IRL football than fantasy because all of the the pieces seem to be a bit mispriced. Uh, but yeah, 
Maybe maybe the only piece that I actually like now that he's being drafted as wide receiver twenty two in Superflex and Sleeper, maybe it's Drake London because like I think he can he can have a, a solid wide receiver two season. I just don't believe he has the upside to be like that top twelve wide receiver. I don't believe But that's here's on the card. the thing, and here's the question. If you don't think he has wide receiver up, upside, like, eventually you want to take players with that upside. That's why you draft a player like JSN on the off chance that happens. So, like, why would you, if you're, you know, okay with the risk anyway, then why would you go with Drake London? who isn't going to be in an offense to facilitate his potential. I believe it's, it's a bit independent. Take some, some riskier shots at, he, at the start of the draft. You don't want to keep taking those shots in the middle rounds. So in round like in the early to middle rounds, so in the rounds like five, six, seven, maybe you want to play a bit safer now that you added some boom bust risk to your team in the early rounds. Uh, and maybe if you start a bit safer, maybe if you if you start like a Stefan Diggs with like an AJ Brown or so, maybe you want to take some shots uh, down the field. So maybe then you go for the JSN to have like that triple stack of wide receivers who can all be wide receiver ones. So I, I guess it depends on the team build. Uh, I, I'm usually a more conservative type of player. Uh, I like to take my guys early, for example, like an Olave. I would take those shots early, but in the middle of rounds, I would try to get like solid contributors to the team. Uh, so yeah, I guess it just depends on the team build, as I said. I don't well, know. You're, you're a much more risk taker than I am. Oh yeah. I'll go down with the, with the ship. I don't care. It's fantasy football. Yeah. Even if you're in, unless, unless you're in a league where you have to the most embarrassing thing ever happened to you if you get dead last? Why not? I'd rather have the higher chance to win my fantasy league than to finish like at the four or five or six position. That's that is a terrible position to be in. So yes, give me the chance to win the league. I don't I don't care. Why not? Yeah, what what is getting what is being in the middle of the pack getting going to get you, Alex? It, it won't get me much, but you're just assuming that by drafting said player, I will be at the middle of the pack, which, which might not. Be. He still has the upside to be a higher wide receiver. I mean, we we have our projections and we have our thoughts on the team, but at the end of the day, maybe Desmond Ritter comes out and impresses all of us. I mean, wouldn't be the first time I'm impressed by a QB that I don't love. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I believe it's in the range of outcomes that some as some say. Uh, I don't believe it's the most of likeliest of the outcomes, but still, I mean, I don't know everything. And one of the the phrases that I heard a long time ago, it's know what you know and know what you don't know. So I like the player's profile. I like the the situation that is the. Situation in the team that it's like it's him, it's Pitts, it's Bijan, so it's very like law of conservation of targets. So, I mean, with those points, I would take the shot at Drake London at maybe surprising me somewhat that the team is more pass FB than I think because Desmond Ritter is a better QB than I think. So, yeah, those, those would be my points as why to take Drake London would be good because like he had solid rookie season. 
that's and there's no competition at wide receiver in the team. So yeah, I like him. I don't know, but I think uh, we're ready to move on to the Buccaneers. Which the only thing I got on the Buccaneers is close your eyes and draft Chris Godwin. I don't know. Close your eyes and draft Mike Evans. Close your eyes and draft. This is the only thing. Like, here's the thing. Not all of those guys are going to be able to hit with Baker Mayfield. That's the problem. Do you disagree? Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it's it. a terrible situation. I mean, I think I think you target Rashad White because right now he's being drafted as a running back twenty-eight, according to the Slipper. So I mean, at running Here's back twenty-eight, I, I think thing. Baker likes to trade to a running back. You want to be a fantasy content creator here? I'll give you your your blueprint for the box. You ready? Say you're gonna target each and every one of those good players on the Bucks: Rashad White, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and then close your eyes. Because one of them is going to be right, but the rest are going to be wrong. And then you just focus on that. There you go. You're right. You, pre- you correctly predicted Mike Evans. He maintained his, his touchdowns. It didn't regress. He's an amazing weapon. Let's forget about Chris Godwin and Rashad White. I was wrong about that. They don't know what to do with the Bucks offense. I don't think it's going to be great. I believe it will be terrible. Because because Baker isn't a good QB, Kyle Trask is an horrendous QB in my opinion. Oh, we're gonna see Kyle Trask. We're gonna see Kyle Trask. I hope you know that. Oh, you're for sure gonna see Kyle Trask, and it will be a disaster. I mean, the O line isn't great. Uh, I like I like the players that are Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I think I think Rashad White can have upside, especially if Baker starts most games, because I think the targets will be there. So at running back 28, I think he's a target. But I don't know, man. The wide receivers, I, I think I think one of them will be solid enough. One of them will consistent hit. Enough to where, I, yeah, think, I think there's no way that at least him. one of them doesn't hit. But the other one, the other one is going to be flat out catastrophic. Yeah, I mean, if you're on the clock and you like both um, Tampa Bay receivers, you just flip a coin and take whoever. Because I believe that's as, as close as you will be to make a decision on those guys. And they are going like 20 spots apart. I believe Chris Godwin is going around pick 74, while uh, Mike Evans is going around pick 94. So there's like I said, like a two draw. You close difference. your eyes, you roll a dice, and you pick one, and you hope you got it right. There you go. I mean, no, just like, if you like the pay, the the Bucks guys, just take the guys going latest. So just take Mike Evans in this case. Sure. You're saying that both have like similar chances to hit. Just take the guys being drafted later. Sure. Yeah. Like, whatever's cheapest. Yeah, whatever's cheapest. It's so big. Okay, so let's move to a division that I actually want to talk about. Let's. <laughs> But I'm, I'll save the best for last. We're going to move to the NFC North. I think the Green Bay Packers are going to be sneaky. I think so as well. There was actually a time. I think I think there's a league. I have 
Jordan Love and Christian Watson in, and I was trying to get Romeo Dobbs and Reed. I'm just like, I th- I think there I think something's gonna happen. I think that Jordan Love is going to be so great for us in fantasy, but he is gonna be so scary to watch. Like I think we're gonna see Jordan Love just saying screw it and chucking it fifty yards to Christian Watson, who will either come down with it or he won't. But it'll be great to watch, and it'll be great for fantasy, especially when you got, you know, Christian Watson, one reception, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Like, I think that's going to happen. But I don't know how good they're going to be in real life. I mean, I have them winning the division, and as you said, I think they will be sneaky good for fantasy. I think, especially like Aaron Jones, I think he's currently being underdrafted. The dude has never finished uh, like below running back 10 uh, in the last four seasons. So And he's right now being drafted as the running back 16, 17. So, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty good value where he's being drafted. Uh, and yeah, as you said, like I like Christian Watson. I think he can be that that deep threat guy. And I like the, the profile. He was one of the most athletic wide receivers out of the 2022 class. Uh, Dubs, I don't, I don't love Dubs. I think Jaden Reed can take a lot of work from Dubs. Uh, I think he's a sneaky, sneaky guy. Uh, I think he'll get yeah. a lot of work from the slot, and yeah. he will be a starter in what in three wide receiver sets. And then, I mean, we talk about the the tight ends. I loved Tucker Craft out of college, but apparently, Luck Musgrave has been like all over the place, and the dude is freaky good and freaky athletic. So I, yeah. I mean. I just don't think it will be a value to draft because it's a rookie tight end and those usually get hyped up. Plus, rookie tight ends don't usually produce here one. Nope. So I wouldn't be on board to buying him. Uh, but, I mean, all of the signs look to be good on him. And, I mean, I'm just looking at his ADP right now and he's tight end 32. So at that point, I would just take the shot. Even knowing that the tight ends as rookies don't you know usually what? produce. Screw it. I'm going to say it. Um, my my thing for our redraft league this year was going to be drafting a stack of a sneaky offense, and the Packers were going to be that team. And you might and still get that. I probably won't. Now that I'm putting it out there, no. No, no. I will get trolled. I promise you I will get sniped and trolled. But I'm telling you, there is a real chance that this Packers offense – is like a top 15 offense, maybe even top 10 offense, and we just don't see it yet. They have all the building blocks. They have the offensive line. They have the investment in weapons. They have that uber-athletic tight end. They have Aaron Jones and and Dylan. They have have two uber-athletic tight ends. Jordan Love doesn't realistically have to be like Patrick Mahomes for this to be a great offense. He just has to be good. And I don't know if he's good yet. <laughs> That's the issue, I guess. We don't know. We don't know what we have in Jordan Love yet. I don't believe he will be anything like awesome. But I mean if he is, we, we can have all of these pieces in discount. And I mean I exactly. think it's a good offense to target. Exactly. I think we well, there is a chance. There is a huge chance we could be here next year. And the Packers stack won a lot of people, a lot of money, and a lot of redraft leagues. I'm telling you. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked as well. I think they're being slept on. 
everyone is kind of past them right now. It's the, the Lions and the Vikings are the new ones with some Bears involved. Uh, but yeah, I still think the, 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 the offense will be will be decent to good. And the defense is still solid. The offensive line is still pretty good. So yeah, I think all the pieces are in place. And if, if Jordan Love is at least viable, I think that offense will be pretty good. And we can get all the pieces that's, that's very cheap. Especially like Jaden Reed, who I think is a pretty sneaky guy in the slot. I mean, Yes. I'm looking and he's being drafted as like wide receiver 72. I think that's insane value for what he can provide you. One of the really good dart throws that I want to throw late in my redraft. So, let's move on really quickly. Um, if you want to get the Bears offense, you draft Justin Fields, and then that's it. Moving on. Basically, yeah. I mean, I don't like Justin Fields, but I mean, uh, as a QB in for fantasy, I think it will be more than fine. It's the rushing floor that he gives you. That it's amazing, but I, I definitely wouldn't touch any of the wide receivers, and I would take a shot on one of the running backs for sure, either Rashawn or Khalil. I love Justin Fields. I'm probably not drafting him in redraft for the simple fact that I don't want to stack with Justin Fields. <laughs> so, so, like, I'm not, that, that's not something you feel good about, you know? Like, like if I stacked Lamar Jackson and Zay, Zay Flowers or Rashad Bateman, if I like Bateman better, I'm okay with that. I believe you I... cut there a bit. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. If I have Lamar Jackson, I'm okay stacking him with, like, Zay Flowers or Rashad Bateman, whichever one you think is going to be the wide receiver one. I don't Or feel Odell. confident. Or, or, yeah, or even Odell. I don't know. I think Odell is capped. But I don't feel I – would, I would be – it would be Maury it, or Mooney. It would be Mooney. It would be Mooney I would stack with Fields. But I wouldn't feel good about that. That's not something I – No. Bears, draft, make it super flex, draft Justin Fields for the rushing upside and basically have another running back out there. Stack your main quarterback. There you go. That's how, that's how you win with Justin Fields. Yeah, I would be I would be on board with that. There's absolutely no scenario where I'm happy going into the week with a Justin Fields stack. You go in, it's week one, and you have Justin Fields and Mooney to end, and you need, like... 30 or 40 fantasy... I, I don't feel good. I, I, I don't feel good. I mean, I'm sure Justin can get you like 25 to 30, <laughs> but that's basically what you'll get from the stack. yeah. So, moving on to offenses that are exciting. The Lions and the Vikings. Which one do you want to talk about? I mean, I would just go with the Vikings. The Vikings. I Do think... you just get everyone? I wouldn't mind... doing a sneaky stack of the Vikings where you have Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson with Kirk Cousins. I don't think, I think that defense is going to be so bad that there's a real chance that TJ Hawkinson finishes as a top three tight end. No Addison love. Huh? No Addison love. No, no, you stack Addison on the bench in case it's a boom pick. You don't start him. You don't start him in the stack, Alex. You need to learn how to stack, Alex. You stack. Uh, I don't usually stack. And that's why you don't win your fantasy league, Alex.
So you stack Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson, and then you pick TJ Hawkinson in like the middle rounds, and then you feel good about yourself, Alex. And then in the late rounds, you get Reed. And then if it's boom, or even worse, if Justin Jefferson goes down, you still feel good about yourself. That's okay, how you so do it, what Alex. You don't do, what you don't do is draft Alexander Madison? No, you do not draft Alexander Madison. You do not do that. Yeah, we're on board, tonight. I don't think... I think the hype is too high on Alexander Madison right now. I think he's a jag, man. I think he's just another... I think there's a very, there's a higher than 50% chance Alexander Madison does not finish the season as the, the top of the depth chart running back. You know, the dream would be to have the tight Chandler making the, the rounds. Just, just obviously, no, I'm not pulling for my for my team or anything here. But, I mean, Ty Chandler showed you on the preseason what he's capable of. So, I would just say for the Vikings to give him a chance. I don't even have any Ty, Ty Chandler on, my, on our Dynasty League, like the 16 team. Just don't check my roster, but I don't have him. That's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It would be a shame if you got the job and I don't have oh. So we gave you the cheat codes for the Vikings. What about the Lions? Because I think that the Lions are an interesting team in the sense that they could have a they're probably gonna have a top ten offense. But since they lost Chark, I think that the offense is gonna wildly be one, two, throw it to Amon Ross A. Brown with a little bit of Jameer Gibbs. Throw it what's that? Maybe Sam Laporta. We, you're going to fall into the trap of the rookie tight end again. But... I mean, it's always tempting. But I think... Yeah, I think the, the Lions offense is going to just devolve into 1-2, throw it to Amon Ross St. Brown. That, that's what Even I think Even when JMO is back? Alex, stop it. <laughs> I want to believe in JMO so much. The dream is dead. Dude. The dream He's is not dead. dead. He... He's the not dream dead. Is dead. I, I still believe in the dude. I, I have never seen a head dude. coach come out and be like, yeah, he doesn't have good hands, but that's just what you're going to get. He'll just beat everyone with his speed, and you know, maybe he'll catch one or two of those deep bombs. <laughs> I, I've and never I mean, seen it. All of that. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he comes back after six weeks and just meanwhile, like, oh, you know, league on fire. Mean, no, he's not. Meanwhile, while JMO is getting, you know, three targets and you hope he catches two of them for a hundred yards. I'm on Ross St. Brown is going to keep getting peppered target after target. He might average in the double digits target after target after target touchdown target target. Tar- like, no, it's I'm on Ross, man. What if? What if JMO comes back after six weeks, and what we and what we get is a Randy Moss type game, where he gets happening. like the three catchers for three touchdowns. Just just admit they drafted Jamison Williams as high as they did to stretch out the defense so Amon Ross St. Brown can lead the league in in your yards, pretty much. 
I won't because we haven't we haven't actually seen him play that much yet. So I want to see that before folding all of my JMO shares, which aren't a lot because I've sold some of them. But still, I still believe in the dude, and I really want to see him succeed. It's over. So I'm just crossing my fingers that he comes out of the gate swinging. The dream is dead. That like storming game whenever he comes back. The dream is dead. I mean, and he's being drafted. That's what? What's his ADP for the for the wide receivers? I mean, he's wide receiver forty six, so not the worst slot to throw, dart throw to throw. I mean, you're looking at him or like Cortland Sutton or Juju Smith Schuster or Michael Thomas or Gabe Davis. I would take him over all of those guys, just on the chance that he actually goes off. So yeah, here you go. This is me taking the risk late on the drafts. No, Alex takes the risk. There you go. Get JMO and feel bad about yourself later. Yeah, probably will cut him. Like after his first week is like one for zero because he dropped the ball. <laughs> That's just a sad reality. I really love the prospect, but I'm I'm just hoping for something here. Okay. So now we move on to I saved this I saved the NFC East for last because while it does have the Washington Commanders it does have two offenses who which are very explosive in the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles but uh is there anything you want to say about the Commanders think Brian Robinson I don't know if I feel good about that I mean Ron Rivera has told us that he wants Brian Robinson as his guy. Brian Robinson was shot. He still came back. Still led the, the backfield in touches. He completely That's threw cool. Gibson aside. I mean, That's I don't cool. know. I mean, the coach has told us that he wants this player to have a more a more impactful role in the team. Whenever he came back from like being shot, uh, he immediately got on the starting job. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We keep liking like those those big athletic profiles like Gibson, but I mean, the coach likes Brian Robinson. The coaches give gives Brian Robinson touches. He wasn't the more effective of the backs whenever the the season started, uh, whenever his season started in this case. But I mean, the dude got shot. I, I didn't totally expect him to be fully healthy whenever he came back, and by the end of the season, you could see he had some more juice left. Uh, he showed a lot more in the in the end of the season, so I, I think he will be a sneaky play. He's being drafted as a running back 37, which I think is crazy, and I would definitely take a shot at him because I think he leads the backfield in touches. The, the coach has told us this, and I wouldn't even be shocked if he got some receiving work. Now that uh, McKissick isn't there anymore, Gibson will get the, the lion's share of those, but still, I could I could easily see Brian Robinson taking some of the receiving touches and like being a, a running back too. I mean, to end the season last year, he averaged like in the last seven games of the season, he averaged 11 points per game, which would be good for a, a low-end running back too. And you're getting him at like low-end running back, what, three, four? I mean, I'm fine with Brian Robinson where he's being drafted. The one that is incredible value for Brian Robinson, I will give you that. But two... Yeah. The coach can like him all he wants. He can like him into a bottom five offense. I I, I just I just I don't know what I mean, to it's, say. It's the there same, there are people it's the same I thing actually as Damian Pierce. 
What? It's the same thing for as Damian Pierce last year. Did you feel good about have, having Damian Pierce by the end of the year? I mean, I didn't, but he still produced like <laughs> a, a bottom two, um, a bottom and running that, back and two. And that's my point. So, yeah. And that's my point. <laughs> it's not great, but as at value, it's it's pretty yes. good, I think. It's value. Yeah. But you're going to need to get everything else right around the, the value for that to be useful. I can't. I, mean, I think you draft I... Terry. Basically, that's What's it. That? And then you draft Terry. No, I'm not even drafting Terry. You don't draft Terry? No. I mean, Terry has constantly played with prep uh, QBs, and he always gives you a running how back many, two, How many? Back. How many wide receiver one seasons has Terry amassed? None. But last season, he okay. did finish as a wide receiver 14 in PPR. So, improvements. Good luck doing repeating that with Sam Howe. I mean, I will just keep repeating Terry McLaurin because I always like Terry McLaurin. So, I at least end up with a lot of Terry. Yeah, you do. I don't know. I, I, think, I think we spend way too much time talking about the Washington Commanders. That's what I think. Let's so, move on. So, um, I know we talked about Justin Fields being you just draft Justin Fields and then that's it. I think the Giants are a similar situation. You just draft Daniel Jones. Maybe you stack him with Barkley. That, there's your stack. But I don't think you really tar- – unless you want to – oh, you're going you're gonna to say Darren Waller. All right, sell me on the Daniel Darren Jones, Darren Waller stack. Sell me on the stack. I mean- Darren Waller has been like the best player in Giants camp so far. The dude has been unguardable. Uh, and whenever he's healthy, he always plays like basically a wide receiver. So I don't know what's not to love with Darren Waller. Uh, he's I mean, in his thirties. I mean, yeah, he's in his thirties, but he had like two seasons where he barely played. Uh, he played some games, and in the games that he, he had played, two he was seasons where he barely good. played. Yes, but in the games that he did play, he did pretty good. I mean. You're looking at what? Uh, dude had like 106, like 10 points per game in 2021. And around 89. Oh, boy. In Las Vegas. Tight end, if you get like 10 points per game, aren't you like, okay. this is pretty good. And I mean, he will be the primary uh, option in this team. Well, healthy, in my opinion. Receiving wise, of course. Um, and I think he will be a red zone threat. And they trade for the dude, even with Ballinger on the team. So I honestly like the dude, and I think he will be a pretty good tight end play. I wouldn't be shocked if he ends the season as a tight end three, a top three tight end at his cost right now. I love him. Uh, I think it's 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 a. I will say this, and here you go. Here, here's your idea for for the redraft that we haven't done yet, Alex. Darren Waller and Daniel Jones might be the most gettable stack that you feel okay with. And he will probably be in my team. And they will both probably... There's your idea. There's your stack. Stack Daniel Jones, stack Darren Waller, and pray to God it works out. Because if it works out, you're golden. You're in the playoffs, dude. Everything else you can put around waiting for those two, you'll be golden. 
You'll be fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll, and if I mean, that hits, apart, oh. apart from injury, I think the dude is, is incredible and uh, he has had an incredible camp. So, yeah, I think it's it's one of those weapons that will unlock Daniel Jones uh, to have an even better season now with Dable in, in charge. I mean, I'm sold. I'm sold on Waller. I think Waller is an incredible value and he's an incredible get at the tight end position. And I will definitely stack him with Daniel Jones. Will be one of those sneaky plays to get those those rushing. There yards. you go, Alex. If you make the playoffs this year in our redraft league, you're welcome. I I have introduced Alex to the concept of stacking. Much appreciated. Yeah. So. Let's move on to the offenses you actually want to talk about. Uh, first, let's do the Eagles, because I think the Eagles is a little bit more complicated than the Cowboys. The Cowboys, I think, is pretty straightforward. Um, how do you navigate the flurry of running backs? Because I know you said that there's a report that Kenneth Gainwell is the running back one in Philly. So how do you navigate Penny, Swift, Gainwell, there's always Boston Scott, and then you have the targets, Goddard, Brown, Smith. How do you navigate it? Because it's going to be a top 10 offense, most likely. But what? how do you navigate all that? What do you want to target in that top 10 offense? Kenneth Gainwell. You're targeting Kenneth. He is the cheapest. Uh, he's the cheapest of the running backs. I would definitely go for him. I mean... If you're looking at like the the DeAndre Swifts of the world, DeAndre Swift is like being drafted as a running back twenty one according to Slipper. Uh, I'm definitely out on that. I don't think any of these running backs will have that like top twenty four upside or top twenty upside. I guess uh, Rashad Penny at running back thirty thirty six clearly out. Uh, apparently, according to reports, he might even be on the roster bubble, depending on how we interpret said report. Because it doesn't appear like he's getting a lot of touches in camp, and it might might be that they are just saving him due to the um, to the injuries that he usually has. So just saving because it's such of a roster lock, or maybe they just don't see anything in him that val 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 valid. Validates it. <laughs> oh validates God, it's 2 here. the selection. Validates You're the, not American. The he's, the he's Portuguese, everyone. Forgive the English. He's Portuguese. He validates. 2 a.m. here. Um, it is 2 a.m. So yeah. there. Yeah, and validates his, his roster spot and the contract that he got. So, yeah, I wouldn't even be shocked if he's cut for like uh, Trey Sermon, who they seem to really love. But yeah, I would definitely target Kenneth Gainwell at this point. He's being drafted as the running back 57, ADP close to the 190s. I mean, dude is an incredible value. And all the reports seem to suggest that the dude has like the most touches out of any running back in camp. So why not go for Kenneth Gainwell, who who they seem to like. And in the playoffs, he was pretty good. So I mean I'm all I'm all ends on deck for the, the Kenneth Kenwell and oh. I'm ready for the train to take off the station. So here's Angelo's advice for navigating the Eagles running backs. You ready? Yes. Okay. Okay, you might wanna you might wanna listen in. So I'm gonna give you a, a little hint. Okay. So even though the Eagles are a top ten offense, Jalen Hurts takes like half the goal line carries at quarterback and 
the Eagles and Jalen Hurts historically do not pass to their running backs. So here's what you do. You either become a professional detective and you scour through the thousands of pages of camp notes, research, and what you know about all those running backs, the Eagles camp, and everything going on. And then after you come to the conclusion who the best player out of all that is, you can throw that away because they're probably not going to get red zone look anyway or receiving looks anyway. And you target the weapons. Okay, so draft no one? Draft no one or draft the cheapest player like you're saying being Kenneth Gainwell. Oh, yeah. You just draft Kenneth Gainwell. You just draft (laughs) Kenneth Gainwell. And hope for the best. Would they have four, four receptions in the Super Bowl? I have a hot take. Yes. Devonta Smith is going to finish above A.J. Brown in fantasy. Without an injury? or with Without an injury. injury. That's bullish from someone who didn't love Devonta Smith out of college. I like it. I, I did not. But do you know what I have seen? What? Devonta Smith gets used more like an ex-receiver than A.J. Brown on the Eagles. And he does get the softest coverage. He does. It's not the weirdest thing in the world. I don't think it's the craziest thing to see at the end of the season. Because everyone's bullish. You are either like dead set on hating A.J. Brown or you think he's going to be like the potential wide receiver one. I don't think he has that upside and I don't think Devonta has that upside. But I do think they have the potential to be a wide receiver one, one of the top 12. But and do we think both finish in the top 12 like last year? No, there's no way. No, there's no way that repeats because. Uh, but I think Goddard being back because of Goddard being back, because I even if they're a great offense, I don't know if they can be as great as they were last season. And there has to be some kind of regression. There, there's no way they both. I think it was a unicorn scenario where both of them finished as wide receiver ones, and I don't think that repeats itself. I think one of them finishes as a wide receiver one, and I think the other one's going to finish as a wide receiver two. And I think that's that. There's a higher chance that's AJ Brown than Devonta Smith. That's just my opinion. Well, Devonta is being drafted almost two full rounds later than AJ Brown. Yeah. Right now. Depending so on how many people like you that's... got. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's good value if you're right for sure. So, so here's what you do: you hold off on AJ Brown, you draft Devonta Smith, then you look at the AJ Brown opener, and then you snipe him for Jalen Hurts. That's what you do. If it's superflex, you might have to just snipe Hurts first. Where you? Yeah, that's Smith true. Later. That's true. You're not wrong about that. Do you target Goddard though? Do I target Goddard? Yeah. Where is he going? I know you have the ADPs oh. up. I don't. Yeah, he's tight end six right now. ADP around 66. So he's like around six tight end. Ooh, that's not much. That's not much farther after like Andrews or Kittle or. That's tough. That's a tough sell for me. I think if you've already stacked Hertz and either Brown or Smith. I would, 
because you've already banked on that offense being great. So if that offense is great, then there's an off chance that Goddard snipes a lot of those touchdowns and you take yeah. those odds. But at and the same time, has been used more there. Yeah, and it, but at the same time, is it something I feel great about? No. Is it something you have to do if you've already placed that bet? Heck yeah. Okay, I'll be down for that as well. I don't necessarily hate Goddard at his ADP. I think he'll get more red zone looks. Apparently, that's how he's been used more in the as well. So yeah, I'd be on board with you. Definitely like the the Smith take. I could see it happen. I don't think it's likely by any chance, uh, by any stretch of imagination. But I like the take. I think it's possible that it happens. So yeah, I think you're onto something there. Yes. If you want solid opinions, ask Angelo. If you want conservative and safe, you go to Alex. If or you want if to be told want everything's going to be okay and you need a bedtime story before you go to bed, go to Alex. He'll give you a good bedtime story. I mean, and he will get you the best sleeper running backs like Kenneth Gaynell. Mm-hmm. So last, because both of us have to go to bed at some point, and let's finish this off hot, the Dallas Cowboys. You think that some regression in that offense is coming? I do. Some regression or just a mainstay of what they did last year, but a bit less, a bit more conservative, I'd say, which will then make the offense a bit worse overall. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely think it might be a sneaky place to get another running back in because, like, that depth is horrible and behind Tony Pollard, they have no one. They uh, can't give Tony to... Pollard work like workhorse touches, can they? I don't think so. But some people want to hype up like the the Deuce Vaughn signing. <laughs> I mean, I don't believe a, a dude on his size got as a carry in the NFL in the last like eight years. So I don't know what's hyping here. Uh, the dude pretty much got drafted because he's like the son of one of the coaches. Yep. So. I I don't think there's anything there, and the other players in that in that that chart aren't great either at the running back position. So definitely a place where you could see a vet land, maybe a Lenny Cornette, which would really mess up everything there, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, I mean, but right now there's no one there, so Pollard is is still a safe pick. Uh, at wide receiver, though, it's CD and it Brandon Cooks. Do you draft Brandon Cooks? Isn't he going like stupid late, like ninth, ten round? Uh he's currently being drafted as the wide receiver forty-two, which is around ADP one ten. One ten in a in a twelve team league with mine uh, round nine, yeah. if not mistaken. So I mean guys would... in his range. He's a perpetual uh, wide receiver two, if not wide receiver one. At round nine, if you've already chased the upside and you've already gotten people like Christian Washington, people like JSN, people like Reed, people like uh, Addison. God, I am drawing blanks. It's, it's getting late for me. Sorry. Yeah. Then Zay yeah. is also in the in that range. Safe flower. Yes. Then yeah, it's cool. Take your safe pick in round nine, ten. That's okay, as long as you got those home run possibilities as well. Yeah. Because let's be uh, real, 
Brandon Cooks is probably finishing as a wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver three. No, no concerns about the concussions. Not really. Assuming he's yeah. healthy, it'll be fine. I mean, you can just wait a few rounds and, like, at one seventy-five, uh, going as the wide receiver sixty-six, you get Michael Gallup, who uh, already has a connection with Dak and knows the offense a bit better. Maybe he's being slapped on somewhat. Maybe. Yeah. Now with the the injury risks to to Cooks, that the concussions. I mean, Tadura has has way too many concussions for any one person. So maybe Gallup is just the the way to go. At tight end, I mean, there's not a whole lot at tight end. Some people like to Jake Ferguson, and he's made some plays in camp. Maybe an eye, some, someone to keep an eye on. But yeah, uh, it's likely for me. It's likely just CD. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Pollard right now, but I just know that situation will change, much like Ramondre. Uh, So I would tread lightly there, but CD is for sure someone. And then I'm targeting Galloplate. Uh, I might skip on Brandon Cooks, even though, as you said, he is basically a lock for wide receiver too, most of the the years. But yeah. To me, CD is the only lock that I would pretty much like to have. But I do expect some regression, as you said before, uh, because of the more conservative approach that I think they will take. Uh, yeah, that's basically it. I really don't like anyone else, basically, out of the, the sneaky guys. There's no one that really like catches my attention. I think... You target the wide receivers because there's an off chance with the targets Dalton Schultz has opened up. Those could all go to the wide receivers. You could see, I, and I. the more I think about it, the more I think you're right. Gallup could have a sneaky good season. Cooks could have a great season. And CeeDee Lamb is probably going to have an amazing season. So, so you just draft all three uh, Cowboys wide receivers in deck? Hey, if I want to stack it, go for it, baby. Yeah, okay. Just stacks of Green Bay, uh, and you get the stacks of New York, uh, the Giants, and uh, the Cowboys. You get the stacks of New York. Okay, because you, <laughs> you need to get the, the stacks of New York to get the tight end. Okay, <laughs> so I see how, how this team is being built. It's like AFC, NFC East, and then some sprinkles of NFC North. I like there it, you go, I like man. it. So that's just the team that I'm going to draft in the, the 12th team redraft. You're going to go Daniel Jones, and you're going to go Darren Waller later, and then you're just going to stack with a bunch of good wide receivers, running backs, and quarterback. And eventually end up blessed? (laughs) No. I I think that has a better chance of winning than what you've done the last three years. I mean, the last year I got to the final, so it's trending the right way, I would hope. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I'll give you that. So... If you've gotten this far, because I'm pretty sure we're closing on two hours, which is probably one of our longest shows, if not our our longest show. Thank you guys for listening in. Uh, the basketball, this is going to drop tomorrow. This is going to drop within like eight hours. <laughs> so there's not going to be much editing. So excuse me for that. Thank you guys for listening. Go check out the basketball podcast. We talk about a lot of stuff there. And actually, we just did predictions. Is the last episode that we did. 
and there's going to be another one dropping Sunday. So go check those out. Thank you guys for watching. Alex, go to bed. Me, go to bed. And well, after I get done editing, editing quotation marks and have a great, have a great time. Thank you guys. Peace. Peace.